Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. This is episode 30. I'm your host, Justin White, and my guest today is my friend Leslie Valentino. Uh, she and I have known each other for 20 plus years, and uh, I've always loved her spirit and her kindness. Um, and it was great to catch up a bit and learn a bit more about her, which is one of the cool things about doing this. I get to know my friends on an even deeper level. So it's awesome. Uh, I wanted to say something about the fires. I feel like I would be remiss not to at least mention that California is having a really hard time and many of its citizens are suffering. So if there's anything you can do to help anybody who's affected by any of the fires, um, please do so. Uh, you know, give money if you can. Try to find a good charity. Uh, if you live in a city that's super smoky, like San Francisco has been for the last week or so, uh, maybe go hand out some masks to homeless people or to anybody, somebody who's not wearing one. Um, you can get them at most hardware stores and probably lots of other places. N95 rated, um, please. So anyway, um, love and peace and healing to all those who are impacted by all this insanity, these disasters. Um, and uh, please, anybody who can do anything, do anything. And uh, I'm just going to check the traffic outside my door, and then we'll talk to Leslie. people want to put other people down so much i think it comes from insecurity it comes from being hurt yourself and then wanting to feel you know a sense of power or feel like you if you feel put upon you know for for long enough you're going to want to reverse at some point i think that's one aspect i think the other aspect is now i'm going to get it uh, now i'm ugh. <laughs> It's okay. People are not going to like me Speak your mind. I love it. (laughs) I also hate, like, we have kids in the public school system. Yeah. Um, And in San Francisco, we have, we we live in a very diverse population and stuff. In a a way we do. I mean, we live amidst diversity. I don't feel like it's very well integrated. Completely agree with that. And, um, And so there is, you know, though that I've watched it happen in schools and stuff, you know, watching parents one move away from San Francisco because they think the schools aren't good enough or they want to go to, they walk into a school that maybe there's too many people of color there and they think it's not a safe school. And really that's not their, that's not really, I can't fault them for that. It's the programming. It's just the, yeah, it's just what, we've all grown up listening to or watching or whatever and it but it's something that i feel like as a population we shouldn't do like we should get in there yeah and mix Hell it yeah. up because the way i grew up i grew up in a super diverse background mm-hmm. and it's kind of embarrassing that i don't that diversity hasn't followed me throughout i feel my exactly life. the same way yeah and i but i there's something about san francisco I think, I mean, I don't want, I, I have to take ownership of whatever part I played, but mm-hmm. I wound up with almost all white friends mm-hmm. and I didn't seek that out. I wasn't avoiding certain groups. It's just a very segregated city. And you, if you're in this a circle of friends that is expanding through whatever channel, whatever social groups you hang, you know, if it's music or whatever, that, that group tends to stay pretty homogenous and you have to go outside of that group into another group to see anything different. And people don't make that effort, I guess. I don't know if it has to do with the time that we arrived and just the, the we had a great, huge group of friends. Mm-hmm. 
that most of whom happened to be white. It didn't it didn't matter that yeah. they were, and I don't think any of us were singling out any you know or trying yeah. to exclude anyone who wasn't. But um, it just was sort of accidental. I mean, I grew up in Michigan where diversity was more apparent and more at least where I was, and it was and it actually was integrated. You know, yeah. friend friend groups were integrated across, yeah. across color barriers and s- status and everything. But that didn't, when I got here, it didn't, I thought, oh, it's the, the great melting pot, San Francisco, you know? And I show up, I was like, well, that neighborhood's all black. That neighborhood's all Latin. This one's all white. What the fuck, you know? Where, know? Where's the overlap? Oh, the homeless people who walk, you know, from one to the other to Panhandle. That's like the only... It's interesting because uh, I it was only in school where I would get diversity. It wasn't in my growing social, up. You mean? Yeah, or, okay. in my wasn't in my social environment. I mean, but then I would have those people. Like people would become my really good friends, and then they just sort of faded off. And hmm. and I just don't. I don't know. Whatever. Like I. I I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's really hard to contend with. It feels like such a natural instinct to go toward your own. You know, it just seems like an animal instinct. You go to the, to what's safe, the group that you recognize. And I think that since our color of skin is so apparent and you can't really hide it, that's what we, that's the first thing we see. And it's the first thing we do. Oh, I'll I'll go over there. Yeah. You know, look at a, look at the prison population and you walk through the door and immediately zip, zip. I mean, that's save your life, but in any society, I think that's what happens. A community forms, you know, Im- immigrants from one country tend to, you know, centralize and it yeah. grows up. Okay, there's a Chinatown now. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think it's just so ingrained in our, maybe in our instincts, you know, it, might, it just might be the thing that we are doing without knowing we're doing it. And we, it's going to take another thousand years of consciousness to, you know, create the pathway in our brains that allows us to look past that. Or you have to, or you have to raise the neck. You can't like send your kids to the, to the schools. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Start to actually integrate on purpose. Yeah. That's a great idea. And let make them and make them realize that it's not. Yeah. There's no difference and hope that they carry that through their lives. I really hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel really good about my girl and how she's done. I mean, she's, she's in the 4% her ethnicity is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's cool. I mean, I hope she feels cool about it. I don't think she thinks about it that much, which is great. That's the best possible outcome. I think, uh, I know she has friends of, of all colors and that's a good start. I, and I hope that she, you know, I don't. I don't know for myself either why it, why it, the, the same thing happened. Like I just it sort I, of. Clem and Oscar are the same way. Like they, they never bring. They never, they never mention color, and I'm just like so happy about that's it. That's awesome. Like it just never, in their conversations. It's great, and gender too is like it's almost a thing of the past already. It's yeah. Like people are totally cool talking about bisexuality, and it's oh yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's really exciting to me that in one generation we went from, you know, having it be all of the words associated with anything being bad words to being like, all right, well, we can we can allow people to identify that way without. Do you think that maybe like in this? So we had the Civil War movement and it, you know, it it took years. I mean, it was a long process. Right. And then it had its period of calmness. And, and then, and then it's kind of disappeared again. And then do you think that maybe because of the time that we're living in and things move so fast, so much faster that these problems can be healed quicker? It's a really good question. And then maybe they like, instead of going like, you know, slow waves are like more like up and down really quickly. And so that we can solve this. I mean, for a period of time, I mean, everything's cyclical. So, right. But the cycles could be getting shorter, shorter, and, so that and maybe it'll intense, blend together. And... Well, that's what it feels like. It feels to me like things are, you know, accelerating and uh, everything's getting bigger, faster. And I think you're right. I think the consciousness will sort of move at the speed of whoever carries it. So if there are that many more people doing, you know, doing that, I, I think there are also so many diversions that it's really mm-hmm. easy to get off track if you don't have the go- the goal of 
you know, unifying. Yeah. Uh, which most people don't. I mean, frankly, most people don't aren't interested in coming together, which like, is part of the issue. Is like, you, you know, no matter how badly we want it or some people want it, there's always going to be somebody who's like, no, don't come over on my side of the fence. And it doesn't matter what you look like. I don't want you over, you know. So that's that's a hard one to overcome. I think love is the only way that that stuff gets broken down. Yeah. And that takes a long time and it takes generations. I mean, the good news is that a bunch of the old curmudgeons are dying off you know a lot of the people who've carried this sort of old world thinking of you know be a man don't cry don't you know all the bullshit all the harm that's come from from that sort of patriarchal you know bullshit uh is going to start to shift it is starting it is shifting yeah and we get to see some of it which is pretty cool i hope and hopefully our kids get to you know lead the charge when i run into like you know you can I I love to meet people that I went to school with and I recently connected with this woman who we were having such a great conversation and and um I spied I'm pretty like forthright or like I'll kind of yeah. call things out maybe yeah. I shouldn't but I do and I saw I saw some kind of like um like born again Christian kind of book in her bookshelf and some other things. And I was like, all I just said right away, are you a born again? And she said, no. And she told me her whole story and I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm not gonna, my, my best friend is a Jehovah's witness. Like Uh I, I totally accept like, yeah, her, believe what you want, believe what you want. We are really good friends. Um, then we got, then, but then it got into um then later down the down the evening i don't know we were having so much fun so why not screw it up oh great you said a little <laughs> yeah, too much yeah and for just you. bring up bring up the president oh. and um and and it was an interesting conversation because i realized that you know she she voted for trump in her discussions, she kind of was saying a lot of things that were things that he would say, mm-hmm. like, you know, well, if we were to get rid of guns, then, you know, the drug dealers from Mexico are going to come over we'll and take, take over, over our yeah. country and stuff. And, you know, she's just saying a lot she's of the parroting. stuff. Yeah. She's just saying what she's parroting is exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And, um, and I realized, and then I, and then she's like, but I don't really think I voted for him. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I realized that sometimes people are just kind of just lazy about what their interests are. And it was just maybe one thing that that she grabbed onto that was her issue. She didn't care enough to investigate. Yeah, and so she just says, "So I'm going to be over here, and wow. I'm going to believe in all of this stuff." Amazing, and, and I think she's not not alone. I mean, obviously, alone. she's she's among millions who are and, willing to yeah. just take it hook, line, and sinker. Totally, from and the, the biggest the scam the... artist ever. I mean, what a what a how <laughs> I just don't know how you could be fooled by that clown. You know? I know he I lies know. every time he speaks. He always has, you know. I but, know. So, but that's okay. We we moving on but yeah i don't know how how to reconcile that that sort of difference with somebody if you plan to keep hanging out with them yeah well at the end of the evening she said so i hope this isn't going to keep like i hope that that difference is not gonna i hope we're gonna see each other again and i was all like oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean i think there is a way but (laughs) but you actually won't (laughs) i don't know it's a that's that is a place where it's pretty hard to come together and and it's hard to put that aside if you're if you want to, yeah. even if you have a bunch of other interests in common, just because of the values that are aligned with, with what's you know, if you pick a team that's so so obviously, the other team, yeah, doing wrong to your team, then it's hard to say okay let's still be friends. Yeah, you're like standing there waving a bayonet in my face.
So wait, tell when? How long have you been here? I've been here my whole life. Yeah, in the <laughs> Bay. Yeah. You don't have to say the year. Too. You um, grew up in. I grew up in San Bruno and in San Francisco. Okay. I grew up in my grandparents' house. Oh wow. My parents were divorced <clears throat> and or getting a divorce. It was really chaotic and yeah. so i spent 50 percent of my time at my grandparents and 50 percent of my time um at my house and um went to school in san bruno and wow i know the whole i know everything from like i know every inch of this area from san bruno to my driveway that's so cool <laughs> that's that's kind of a nice. I mean, is that partly because you like to collect information, or is it? Do you think well, just, just being like around driven it just, that okay. route my whole life? Okay. It used to be my mom driving me to my grandparents' house, and then and then it was me driving my kids to my mom's house. Wow! So it's so you've done the same. How many how many miles do you think you've clocked on that same stretch? On that on two eighty on that route. Yeah. Oh man. Are you up I, in, it's like hundreds of thousands. Oh, right? it has to be. I probably could turn off my eyes and yeah, do it. Amazing. I mean, it's just such, it, I know that path so well. You should try it sometime. <laughs> just blindfold yourself. But yeah, I grew up here and I, I'm very, um, I'm, my stakes are here. Yeah. And I've, I've like, in the last, there have been many times that I've wanted to move away or thought I would move away, but yeah. my family's super small and I just really felt like I should stay. And I'm really glad I did when my kids were young. And just recently I was thinking about moving for career reasons and I just threw it out to my mom, would you move down to LA with me, mm. with us? And she said, yeah, no problem. Wow. And I was like, whoa, awesome. I wasn't expecting that. Anywhere you go. Yeah. That's great. So I was, I'm like, oh, I wish I had done that earlier. <laughs> but I'm really. But you're happy here. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't have, in my business, everybody has that tendency to go, I got to move to LA. I got to mm -hmm. move to LA. It's such, you know, San Francisco is such a dirty yeah. town for right. action and stuff. Right. But I feel like I've done well here. Yeah. Maybe not from a financial perspective, but I, Who from cares? a professional experience professional aspect i i like my career and i like i like what i've done that's awesome Geraldine, she one day was out on, um, she was walking around Polk Street, and I think she went to this, she was vintage shopping, and she met this guy who was working at the store, and he ended up being a doorman at all the big clubs. Like, oh, wow. he was a doorman at the Mab. That's why we would go there, because we were like, I was 14, she was 13. And Amazing. we could get into these shows. And Did you stuff. have to try to look twenty-one? No, because you he just would get just like, you just let you he'd in. say, you know, go in and you, but you have to, you have to just stand keep over it cool. in that yeah. corner if you don't mind. Yeah. So there were so many bands that we saw that I can't even can't remember, remember them all. There was one that had the song "Polly the Elephant." Na 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 na. They were from England, and <laughs> I love them so much. And every time they came, I would be like. We got to go see them. That's cool. And your parents were okay with you heading yeah. out at age 13, 14? To... My mom was really, my mom was super trusting. Like, she, we never, we also, like, my grandpa was here and we used 
veterans cab because my grandpa was cat was in the cab business so oh, cool there was a little i mean was a bit was a, of family like you felt it was a little safe safe yeah yeah, yeah. that's really so cool so we could always um sleep over at my grandpa's house if then, you were out too late and yeah. couldn't get back it's because. not like we were ever out too late at that age either. yeah i guess not. i mean we would catch bart and they're and all ages shows and stuff we would just catch bart home before midnight and tell and normally her dad would come and pick us up or whatever wow yeah it was really not that's that. pretty cool I mean, it wasn't every weekend. So. No, no, but that <laughs> but, you were able to do it at all. It's yeah. pretty cool. I remember my mom saying to me one time, "I'd be like, Mom, how come it? How come you never put a curfew on me? It's so nice, you know. Like, because yeah. my I had a friend who had a, she had an 11 p.m. curfew, and I'd be like, Listen, I don't want to go out with you. Yeah, because I, I don't want to come I'm home at 11. Yeah, that sucks. But this is when we were like. 16 17 18 oh wow that's pretty yeah. early for that age and i was like have... i don't want i don't want to do that yeah. and so then i asked my mom how come you never put a curfew on me and she's like because i trust you i don't want you to be in the midst of a conversation and then all of a sudden have to go oh i have to get home for my mom i'm just like oh wow. my god mom you that's, are so that's amazing. A pretty enlightened view yeah to take that's awesome she said you haven't broken my trust yet so wow and did you ever no I, I really was I didn't have a curfew so I didn't yeah. <laughs> there wasn't any, but I didn't get in any trouble so never as a no. kid not that she knows about okay <laughs> but it would it have been hard to get in trouble with her I mean was she super oh, lenient no, or was there were things like, you could have done that would have if she found out about half the stuff okay, that yeah. I did she would be <laughs> absolutely yeah. do you want to tell, talk about no. some of those things no okay um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to ask uh, <laughs> But I we I had a great time. I mean, there were all the best clubs and yeah. like there was a the the um, Ham's Brewery when they had ripped out, they were tearing that building down over on um, fifteen fifty Bryant, like across mm -hmm. from Petrero Center. Yep. There were these big vats, and they would have vat parties there. You go inside the vat. And, yeah, and, and they would uh, it would be these crazy parties, and nice. then there was um, the generic. I forget. They were like these people that would put on these clubs. Did you like the like raves? Like the original yeah, they raves? Were, they were the original raves. Yeah, because that started here. That was a San Francisco thing. Yeah. Or but maybe, it, it, was, maybe but, it was England. Or, but it wasn't uns, uns, uns music. <laughs> okay. I, but I did do a lot of... You did that too? A lot of uns, uns, uns music. Awesome. During, <laughs> like we would like go to the stud period. when it was on Folsom Street where uh -huh. Holy Cow was. And we would go there. and Late night. Oh, it was so... Man, it was just a... Fun, fun. Yeah. It was a fun Yeah, you town. lived through the kind of the perfect time here at the perfect age. Yeah. Good like, job. I remember when we went, when there was this club that opened, Club 9, it opened where the stud is currently. Okay. And it was like a big deal. It was like, it was with the red velvet ropes and everything. Wow. And, and so we're like super excited. And back then there was, that was pretty shady area, right? I yeah. Mean, it was super undeveloped. Totally. And, yeah. Totally. And so... <clears throat> We go there, and uh, and we go right up to the front. Uh -huh. Go right up to the front, and the guy's like, um, "Wait, how did he goes?" He says, um, "Do you have your ID? Do you have an invitation?" We're like, "No," and he's like, "Do you have your ID? Do you have an ID?" And we're like, uh, "No," and he's like, "Okay, tomorrow night you need to have your ID." <laughs> It's like, amazing. Okay. <laughs> so then the next night we go, it's Saturday night. And it was a long line. We had cut and cut. You just walked front. right to the front. Yeah. And we had cut in front, like right where the rope ended. We just yeah. like went in there. And these, I remember as, these guys were standing there going, girls what? can do. And, and yeah, anybody totally. else who gets smack in the face. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> we worked it. Yeah. And then, um, then the next night we go there and he's, and he would stand there. He's actually a pretty famous guy in San Francisco. His name was, um, is he gonna want his name to be out there? Is no, it? maybe not. But okay. he he um he was super famous. What was it? <laughs> you tell, tell me name, off but, mic later. But he used to wear a yellow union suit and stuff and he'd have his clipboard. And oh. so then we show up the next night and we do the exact same thing and he's he's like oh looks at us just like <sighs> IDs. Like, he remembered you though. Yeah. And, he totally... and we're like, No. <laughs> Okay, go on. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. So easy. It was so fun. 
Wow. But he was really good friends with that guy that my friend Geraldine had made friends with. Like, okay. we ended up the, the other friends doorman. with all the doormen. That's amazing. What a great hookup. But we spent a lot of time, like, standing outside and talking to those doormen and, like, like kind of making it known that we're, like, nice girls. Yeah. And well, did they know your age? Did they know your actual age? Or, um, I mean, they're not I don't think, supposed to, certainly, but... You know, there were a, a lot of kids... That yeah, but young. 13 and 14 is, is... And then 15, 16, 17, and 18. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of years. But you know what I mean? Like, if you were 18 doing that and playing yeah. up the fact that you were pretty young girls and they were, you know... But we taking... weren't. We were just, like, kind of... We were nice kids. Nice kids. I I just... mean, I think it, we were nice kids. Yeah. And we weren't, like... Have you gone back to make amends to all those people you cut it, cut in front of in the lines over the years? <laughs> I don't know who those are, but yeah. I've seen those doormen throughout the years. Yeah. They, one of them I saw at the MoMA one time, and he he was there on an afternoon, and uh -huh. I was there on an afternoon, and he just kind of he kind of looked at me, but then he didn't, you know. He There's just, a, like a little like hint a of familiarity. Or and I I never forget a face, yeah, ever. And I was just that's like, that's cool. Oh my god, that's oh my god. I know he was at the he was the doorman at the underground, and then he was at DNA forever. Wow. And. Um, would you consider like going up to him to thank I him did. for? Oh, you did. Yeah, I you said, "Hey, I just want to. I'm you used to always let me in. I'm, my name's Leslie, and he was like, I kind of remember you. Holy like, shit, you, that's so cool. Oh, you and oh, and I was yeah. really cute. I was just like, oh. And this is like thirty plus years later. Oh right? yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, he did it. He did you a good deed, and you didn't take advantage. Yeah, you didn't but he also like we were. They were really protective of us as well. Like they were very. Uh, they were really. I mean, I would hope so if they they're, really, they're letting you into this sort of. That's a different day. Of, I mean, it was yeah. a different day. People were really like, we weren't crazy yeah. people, and they and were could really tell. respectful of us, and they like we just never. Yeah. If anything was uncomfortable or we felt nervous about anything, we could totally go and tell a door person and somebody would They'd take care of it. But I think that only happened once and it wasn't me and Geraldine that asked what mm. said anything. It was another person that was with us. Yeah. It was really it was really Do you like think... footloose and fancy yeah. free. Yeah. That's how it felt for me in my I mean I it, it used to be that I thought it was just the age that I was that made me feel that way. And, and I think it was, but I'm now also realizing it's the environment. Like we, yeah. I don't think that carefree feeling is going to return anytime soon. And it, well, it won't for us cause we're old and jaded. Yeah. But I hope it's there for our kids. I, I do too, but I worried that it, that it's diminishing. Like I worried that there's, you know, they have limited joy and free time to be, expressive and you know imaginative and well there's no underground clubs or there's no like right there's nothing like that there's very little community-based like culture anymore in the yeah. city and that's what i that's the reason i came here to begin with just because you could be a weirdo and meet other weirdos and yeah. do, do art and music and not worry about it and now I know. well i don't know that any kids i mean <clears throat> I, I my hope is that the kids that need to be creative to survive are going to continue finding ways to do that in spite of all the yeah. overlay of you know these veneers of like technology and all this other shit that separates us from real life i hope that they can still find it like find a way to yeah. use their creative being because i firmly believe that's what humans are here for like that's really what yeah. we're about get bored really easily mm -hmm. and I feel or I get worried that I'm 
Like I, I always want to learn something new and. You don't want to just sit and be uh, stagnant. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, and every single job I've taken has been like, like. Whew, Giving you no. challenges to like, whoa! I don't know how to do that. Oh, cool. Whoa! I don't know how to do and that. that. And that brings excitement rather than fear. It brings both. Okay, <laughs> but but, um, but it fuels you in a way. Uh, yeah, I kind of go. I walk away from it and go, wow. Yeah, I did. Like, so, when, I did something I didn't know I could yeah. do. When I was at ILM, which I don't know if you should say that name. <laughs> Industrial Light and Magic. <laughs> I when I was okay. there, I remember company. the the um guy that I was teamed up on on deep water they I I I mean he didn't know who I was and I'm mm -hmm. sure he was super bummed that he was going to be partnering up with me how come because I had no I hadn't I I hadn't worked in visual effects in eight years oh, okay and it was going to be a tough project and, and he knew he would have to teach you a lot and yeah he do, didn't know what he was going to get okay. you know he want I'm sure he wanted and it was a really 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 tough client like yeah super super tough wow so it was just a lot but but you were gung-ho about it and you wanted to learn right and i guess he he saw that i wasn't like you know i'm good with a clients the client ended up we all became all super good friends and um you know i i don't know when i left ilm he was so you know he just said the sweetest things to me like you know i just really there's no other producer that could have done that project wow like you were you were the perfect person for that project and i was just like oh thanks. that's awesome that's a great thing really to hear. really nice and i just feel like that that those two years that that experience really like kind of made me way more com confident so late in my life but it at least it, it arrived it happens when it happens it happens when it happens it's kind of like with anything I mean, yeah. you can't have the knowledge until you have it and you can't have the experience until it's there and you know, yeah so we should give each other give ourselves and each other a break for you know whatever lack we have like, yeah you know, if we just haven't gotten to that point in our lives it's that's not our fault is it i mean in some cases it is if you're walking through with blinders on you know intentionally yeah. avoiding learning anything about yourself or the world then maybe you are somewhat at fault for being ignorant but yeah. for people who just you know just simply haven't i don't know i mean confidence is a is a is a shaky oh, thing yeah. you know and has so many there's so many factors that le led to the original construction you know of what holds our confidence in place and it's pretty tenuous i think for oh, a lot of people confidence is very tenuous yeah yeah it's actually an interesting thing because I, 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 you wouldn't want to have somebody around you who's always confident. You wouldn't? No, I wouldn't. Like, like overconfident or, or like appro what, appropriately confident? Maybe appropriately confident. Because, see, I think, so, well, I think you need to make a distinction, or one needs to make a distinction between confidence and, and capability. Like if you're capable uh, in your abilities, then you can have the confidence that you will be able to do those things. Yeah. But there's a way to fake confidence and, and without the backing abilities, right? Yeah. So I think there's, like an, there's an attitude of confidence that, does, that doesn't necessarily betray the real underlying feeling of confidence yeah you know it's so, so actually so. right <laughs> that is so true because mm -hmm. like well, so i lack confidence in the fact that i'm okay saying what i do and don't what i know and don't know okay and i also have confidence in the fact that i will go in and i'll try my hardest to get something done like i'll i'll you know when it seems really daunting sometimes like i get the comf i feel like no maybe we can get this done uh-huh i and i also have a confidence to say no to people that don't normally get no said to them and i worked on a project recently that the i don't think the director ever had no said to him and and so i would always be like you no, we cannot change. Just FYI, we cannot change this. And here's here's all the sound bites you can you can change. And he would be like, "I don't understand, Leslie. I don't understand." And I'd be like, "You can't." And then he'd also go, "Katie, that was his uh, executive producer." He'd go, "Katie," 
And it was because he didn't want to hear no. Yeah, he wanted her to come fix yeah. it for him. Yeah, and I was it. like, well, we're not giving you all these changes because yeah. it's going to be a million dollars. I wish but, you had uh, like a Polaroid with you every time you said no to somebody who's never heard it before. I'd love to see that, just uh, the reaction. And then you could just hand it to the person and say like, uh, you know, maybe just take it down a notch. Can I tell you a really funny story? Uh, yeah, about, absolutely. Like, I mean... It's probably, you can cut it because it's really, I don't know if anybody, I hope I can tell it really are you, well. Are you going to out anybody? Uh, no, uh, I won't, but okay. it's just a fun, it's one of the, it's, it's just, it's a funny story. Yeah, yeah. I'd love so to So we were, so I was working on, on this film, on Deepwater Horizon. Uh-huh. And um, so, and the director was really, Pete Berg, it can be tough okay. sometimes. And so... A lot of the time. And, um, <laughs> You've worked with them more than once? No, just, you once. just, heard, just on heard. this project. Okay. Just on this project. Okay. So they, so um, the project was going over because a lot of the, sh- a lot of the shots that um, were being made were being made full CG shots. Okay. And because they didn't shoot that much. Yeah. <laughs> and so they needed to tell the story. And That's how a lot of movies are made now. It's just like, yeah, I'll and just this, fill it in with computers. Totally. But, and so the budget was getting a lot. So they brought in, and all of a sudden they weren't trusting the producer, Pete's producer. Okay. And who because is awesome. The, because the budget was yeah. still good. Okay. And she totally knows what she's doing and yeah. stuff. So they brought in this other woman who um, was going to come in and analyze all the, the costs. Fixer. The fixer. Yeah. She's yeah. going to analyze all the costs. So, me and the producer and her, her associate producer, we and my my PM, we all were working on the, like getting all our numbers, making sure it all was working. Okay. And we had everything done. Yeah, you and didn't she, need somebody else to come in. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a whole docket of stuff to hand, or yeah. I I had my whole docket from ILM to, to like throw at her. Right. So we have this meet. She comes to ILM first because she's mostly, she's really close with ILM. Okay. And, and ILM is, you know, the creme de la creme yeah. in visual effects. So she, so she comes and visits with us and she tells me that she has a PhD in math and stuff and she just has a book with her. She doesn't have any computer or anything. Okay. And why she, did she tell you that? Just to, I don't just know. to show you how smart she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, for two days we go over this document and uh-huh. we really, we could have figured, like, it was all there. All yeah, you she already needed, knew. She, all she had to do was take it home and read it and <laughs> yeah. stuff. It was so self-explanatory. Jesus. But she, just want, she was trying to, like, challenge me to see how confident I was Ugh. or whether I was going to melt and stuff. And I did, like, my visual effects supervisor sometimes would look over at me like, Ugh. and I thought he was looking at me going, can't you, like, do you not know what you're talking about? But, but he was really saying, like, I can't believe we have to yeah, like, explain this shit. Yeah, this like, person. why isn't she getting it? Yeah. But I didn't realize that when he would oh, glance at me. So were you, was that shaking your confidence? That was shaking when my he confidence. Was looking like, like, of okay. course, we all have the imposter yeah, yeah. syndrome. So, yeah. so I was having it then. And then well, and she, she came... was sort of challenging your confidence oh, at the yeah. same time. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. And I'm well, just... what is the meaning behind this? What yeah. is it? Ugh, it was crazy. Game. And so then, um, so and then she came back the next day, and it was the same thing. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then the director kept wanting choppy water. He wanted uh-huh. choppy water. Okay. And the studio. So we gave us we did a sample and then i ran numbers for how much it would cost and i and i'm like this is how much it costs and okay. the studio was like i'm not we're not going to do this and, yeah and so then he um so but nobody's telling the director this nobody's right. saying you can't have yeah, it goes this. this far up the chain and then nobody yeah. wants to say no to yeah yeah the great and, peter Berg. You know? and so then it was all oh my god it was so funny so we just he just keeps asking for this water. Choppy he, water. Oh, choppy he just water. wants choppy water. Yeah. He wants choppy water. And so it's now deep we're... Water, it's deep water horizon. Yeah. He's got to have some choppy water. <laughs> totally. Right? It was the funnest experience of a film I could have ever asked for. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. just a really fun team. That's but cool. um, so, so then we go back to... So we have to go out to New York to go review these shots. Oh and and, um, and it... my VFX supervisor, yeah. you know... I'm like, you know, Craig, I'm so done with like talking about this choppy water. Like nobody's going to like, 
this woman that they hired who's supposed to like be the person who says no yeah. to Pete is not saying no. Every time we do a review and she's there, he'll ask for something. And instead of her, she was supposed to be there to say no. She would turn right. to me and go, you can do that. You guys oh can do God. that. It can, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, we oh. already went through this. And I'm, and I, and then one time I'm sitting next to Pete and he's all like, yeah, you can do this. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can do this. And, um, yeah, it was always, it was just really, it was so complicated. But then it was the last, it was her last time okay. at the place. And she, and we're going to review shots. And she has been asked to, her, they've been asked to end her contract. Okay. And, um, and so the producer, who's now, we've become as thick of, as thick of thieves. She says, oh my God, I can't believe it. This woman, I'm not going to say her name. Uh-huh. This woman, um, she's not, she's, she's not coming in. She's not coming in today. And I'm all like, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> oh, yes, she is. And, and um, the producer's like, no, she said she's not. So I call a woman and I'm like, hey, I hear you're not coming in today. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like it. I, I think I'm, I'm too tired. I, and I'm like, really? no, you've got to come in. I want... I love the way you dress and I want to see, I want to see your clothes one more time. That's what and, you said to her? Yeah. And okay. she came in. Whoa. And so. How'd you come up with that little I don't trick? know. Because she did have really amazing clothes. So I was like, I want to see what you're going to wear and stuff. But with, but you knew that was. I knew she had a really gigantic a, ego. And, and was, was a way to very, hook her. Yeah. And I just wow. tapped into it. That's quite a talent. And, there was a lot, like, you, I was grabbing a lot of talents on this project, <laughs> I, I swear to, to God. To juggle personalities. And, and so then she, so, but, but Craig was like, I don't, how are we going to get over this choppy water thing? Like, how, yeah. who's going to say no to him? And I'm like, just put it in the list of shots that we're going to review. Right. And when it comes up, you know, it's like, you're going to toss me the ball and I'll bat it away. Right. And. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll, I'll bring it up. And oh, okay. he's like, oh, God, are you sure? Are you sure? And um, so, and we're never supposed to say no to the directors. So yeah. Choppy Water comes up and Pete's all, that's what I want. That's the water I want. I'm all like, Pete, the studio, has, that was a sample to just see if that was the look that you wanted. Mm-hmm. But to do the rest of the shots, it's, the studio has said no. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's that story. And he... And he freaks, he gets so mad and he's all, ILM, go home. And we had just flown out to New York that, like that morning. He said that phrase, yeah. ILM, like, go, go home. home. Wow. And then he turned, and then he turns. He took his to, toys from the sandbox. Huh? And then he turns to the woman and he's like, you are, you are like, I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust you. And, wow. And then. It turned right there in front yeah. of everybody. Yeah, wow. we were already going down the hallway. Well, because she had misrepresented what yeah. she all along. She had been saying yes to him. Yeah, and, and then I, I was been, the one who had to say, "Wow, well, studio saying no." So then he walks out of the office, and then we're walking down the hallway, and he's walking back towards the office, and he's just like, "Don't worry about it, it's okay." And I was just like, "Oh, nice, goodness. that's crazy." Yeah, that's super crazy. Right from the top. Yeah, so then that, that good. Was, well, he got it that it wasn't your fault, and you were the only one who was honest. So maybe yeah. he values that. And and poor Craig had been like, he had been saying it, and very like yeah. he can't be the one who says. Yeah, his job is on the line. If yeah, he, he has up, right? to like decide on the creative. Like somebody okay. else has to say no. Isn't it weird? It's like the military, the chain of command in that in that scenario like the director down to the it's, it's so weird there's all this i know it was get really, me get me the you know you're just like calling in all your troops and like i don't like this arrangement let's bring this bring in these like what the fuck hey, could you just take a camera out to the ocean and get some choppy water and, i know and be done oh with we it? tried that you did <laughs> yeah didn't, couldn't get <laughs> it the shot it would have been even more expensive okay we would have had to confident confident all right but, so <clears> that com- so like confidence and like that took a lot of confidence, but it was more oh, yeah. confidence in like, I, you know, we, like somebody's got to stand up and say it. And I don't yeah. like, I don't have anything to lose here. Like I could get you fired. You could have. 
I don't think I would have been. Yeah. But is that what I mean? Is that ever everyone's big fear in speaking up to somebody like that? They're just going to get canned right on the spot. I think so. I think yeah. there's whoever started saying yes endlessly is yeah. the person to blame. Yeah, I agree. Because it's created an insane amount. Yeah, they're of lying fear. through their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Straight totally up. Lying. Straight up. Knew they were lying and they said it anyway. The first person yes, who sir. said yes, yes we sir. can do visual effects for that amount of money. Yeah, knowing like that they could screwed over the whole industry. Wow. Totally screwed Let's over find the whole them. Find that person. Yeah. Beat them up. But back to confidence. See, well, just though. CG beat them up though. Yeah, no, totally. Just do it all in post. But back but to I, confidence, it's like when with confidence is is um it is really fleeting. Mm-hmm. It's it it doesn't cross everything. Right. I, and right. I, I'm just saying, I'm just speaking in my life. Like, sure. Yeah. It doesn't like. It's not universal. Yeah, like I could be in a meeting and I can't. I don't feel confident to even bring up one simple thing not because of anybody in the room it's just like oh that's a stupid thought or yeah. that's oh that's so so but but having maybe having guts uh-huh uh, yeah <laughs> maybe Cur- it, courage in place of confidence yeah something mm-hmm. what do you think um are you aware in yourself of a tendency to feel more confident in something when the person you're with has less knowledge than you like has less do you automatically feel like you're okay i can i know this because i you know it more than the person next to you do you know what i mean um in in any setting not just work but in any like in any part of your life if you for instance if you know you have a better vocabulary than someone else no do you start no i'm just curious because i feel like i see it sometimes and maybe in myself have seen this like oh i know that i know that i know more than this person on this subject so i speak with more of an authority and if i were if i had like some shaky understanding of a of a subject i might I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm questioning myself, like how much of it is intentional, how much of it is a manipulation, you know, to. Well, when I talk, when I, on a professional level, I work with a lot of people that think they know everything. Uh huh. Like my business is ruled Chalk by major them, yeah. egos. Do any of them know as much as they purport to? No. Okay. Or like they don't know even what they're doing half the time. And, I don't like to call that out and I yeah. like to like kind of work with them and get them to trust me so that it's like, well, you know, it's not combative. Yeah. And, but it's tough. I mean, and yeah. it drives me crazy and I come home and yell at my family. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that um, nice that we take it out yeah. on our loved ones? I mean, I really absorb a lot of that frustration yeah. in a professional environment. In a personal environment, I feel like, like I, f- I don't have confidence like in debates and stuff, I don't have a lot of confidence in my opinions because mm. my opinions aren't like, they're not lock, stop, lock step with a lot of my peers or a lot of my friends and stuff. Uh-huh. Like I always have some other kind of twist to it. That and, maybe, you're, and you're not, are you resistant what? to share that or, or are you you're I mean, worried that they're going to... the few times gonna... that I've shared it, I don't feel like it's gone over that well. Okay. And it's also because I don't have my argument actually... Formulated, yeah. I'm more like working it out with them and yeah. stuff. 
And some people and don't like that. Yeah. I like that. I like to just work it out on the fly and see, you know, oh, maybe I don't think like once you've said it out loud, you're like, oh, well, actually, that doesn't ring true as much as I thought. Yeah. And that, for me, that's a really good way to find your 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 own center, like find what your actual opinion is, is to, yeah. you know, not just like blab anything that comes to mind, but but start to hone you know, home in on what it is by, you know, maybe, you know, doing some orbits first and saying, what if this? What if we, you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody yeah. who's so definitively stuck in their viewpoint, uh, I don't know that they even are relying on their confidence of the truth. I think it's more just like they're just being stodgy or whatever, the, you know, just being stuck. I'm, I'm, yeah. this is how I, be, this is what I believe. So take it or leave. And that's the other thing is sometimes I feel like because I, I can't, I don't want to seem wishy washy or waffling. But sometimes I do because I'm kind of forming my arguments. Now I have a lot of arguments that I feel really like solid, but I wouldn't share them with people because they're so anti what maybe my friends would want. But uh -huh. I, but I feel like I, like my argument is with their best interest at heart or whatever. And I'm not gonna go into details. No, that's okay. <laughs> but um, but I, I also melt easily when people when it when things get angry or get frustrated you want to back out you don't like, want it I don't to go wanna, that yeah, yeah when it starts when i'm getting somebody mad or um i then i kind of i get bummed oh, out that yeah. it's going dark and i yeah. might have i've probably hurt their feelings and you know and I, so yeah so on a personal level i i don't have that much confidence Interesting, but it, it seems like you do internally, but you don't you don't necessarily want. Yeah, I you're, do. you're not confident that it will be received well, but that's more about how other yeah. people have been conditioned to react to, th you know, it's their own personal set of values that might make them and argue with you or, to, you know, disagree. I have such a great circle of like, I have such a. I have a really amazing circle of people that are my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel really like, um, I hate it when I don't want my friends to all think the same as me. And I don't want to think the same as my friends. Right. And some of the differences that I've had with my friends are actually the reasons why I'm still friends with them. Yeah. And, um, can you give an example? Um, well, maybe I could, maybe Geraldine would be a funny example, even though it's so old, it's so, you know, it's like a 30 year old. Yeah. Like when she became a Jehovah's witness, that was like at the prime of our, like we were 20, oh, and, man. 20 and she was 19 and I was 20. You're, it was just like, it's time to be promiscuous. Oh my and God. And, and yeah. it was, and I mean, she had already been studying it stuff. And then I don't know. It was just like a really like, and we were, battling all the time about you know whether homosexuality was evil or or you know, abortion rights oh it was just so crazy and i mean people had pitted us against teachers had pitted us against each really? other in teachers high school because they kind of knew we had different views on things but you That's know gross. i'm just gonna say at the end of the day like we still like I studied her religion and understood what she was about. And, you know, I might not, I still don't hold a lot of, she still makes me scratch my head. Yeah. And go, yeah. Why are you, oh! But you love her, but she's, she's so like, she's so amazing. Yeah. And, and I have so many like amazing, like, I don't know. I just have, I'm, I feel really privileged. I just feel really privileged in the, in the makeup, uh, not the, uh, back to the race. Thing. No, not no. The racial I know that's not what you mean. Friend, you but, feel um, really lucky to be surrounded by white people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I just have such a great network of people yeah. that I just, I, I feel really thankful. And I, you know, and this, this time is a tough time for everybody. And, yep. Um, yeah. So do you feel like it's our duty, those of us who are privileged, to do something for those who are not? 
Um, and there's no right answer. What I'm is, just curious. Well, I like, and, what and, do you do? Like what I did is I put my kids into a school that's super diverse uh-huh. and, and that's a good, and I want them to not, I want them to be in that environment yeah. be with kids that, might have don't have the same background don't have, have the same privileges get into berkeley and might not even be able to go because they're going to get shipped out of the country or yeah um or don't have the money even with the support or what yeah i don't know if i could really do anything um outside of just making sure my kids go into the world with mm-hmm. a with a with an open mind i i think that like um uh i just had a like I just had a weird conversation with somebody that we were watching a funny video, what I thought was a funny video, and it was a funny video, and the conversation turned to it to the race of the the, the child, uh-huh. and I I was so freaked out about this conversation, uh, and because um, it really had nothing to do with race. No, it was a funny video. Okay, it was just a, one of those. Funny videos that are posted. Was somebody trying to be up in arms on behalf of no, someone else? No, they were else, trying to it... be like, um, they were, their rationale was, I was just being funny. I didn't mean anything about it. It okay. was just like, it's just funny, you know, like, you know, Alexa can't talk to an urban kid. And, oh, and, um, and I'm like, but that, but that wasn't what it was about. Like, yeah. and, and then they were trying to explain that it was, you know, well, the onion does, you know, the onion I was just trying to be like the onion or, or Trevor Noah or something. And I'm like, but you don't have a team of comedy writers yeah. behind you yeah. to like say, well, you maybe don't have this a background in satire. Yeah. So, and, and it was, it ruined the, ruined our evening oh, and, no. and I couldn't let it, I couldn't let it go. Cause I was just so bummed. Yeah. And, um, but then, and this never happens in all sincerity. Mm-hmm. I mean, these fights normally happen or these issues arise and, but this person kind of was like reflected on it. And at, you know, at the end of the evening was like, you know what? You're so right. I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm, I, and that was like a, a total like shift (laughs) for that. That's like a consciousness uplift. Yeah. And it wasn't, I don't really think it was anything. I, I think it was only because I said, well, you're not the onion and you're not Trevor. No. Uh (laughs) And, um, but it was really interesting and yeah. I was, but I was so thankful that there that was, there, there was, was some reflection. Yeah, there. That real, yeah. There was a switch. Yeah. That's that, awesome. Those moments give me a lot of hope. Well, that's really future. cool. I mean, that's why I asked. Cause that to me, that's something that counts. That counts as something. And you know, I think that a lot of us are under the, the, what I think is a false impression that you have to, to be of service. You need to go stand at a soup kitchen and hand out, but you know, like there, there are a million ways to to serve your fellow mm-hmm. human. Or, I mean, I should or, be doing that too, though. It, there's society. certainly no harm, and it's mm-hmm. always a need. So I, I encourage everyone to do that. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not saying don't do that, but do that, and also, you know, make eye contact with the person across the counter from you, or you oh know, say hello to people that you don't know, or smile. It's you know, that kind of stuff is also a way of being in the world, which I think helps other people. And that's being of service. You know, if you're, if you're going out and being kind to people, you're being of service to humanity. You know, you're not creating negativity and, and hate. Uh, My kids always tell me like Clem has this real, like, don't, when you see, if you see anybody, you know, don't give them a hug. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always going up and giving everybody a hug. And I think it's so important to let people know that they are special. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything like it means I it makes me, it fills me up with a ton of joy to make me know that I've made somebody yeah. know that I think you're special. That's... It's a really, really important thing. And I think maybe I learned that watching all the artists at the orphanage working so many hours and they were so beaten down and I would just go around and sit with each of them and talk with them and like, how you doing and nice. what's going on and just like letting them know that they're like they're actually a human being yeah, and not count. like a you know just a machine <laughs> right. attached to a machine. But yeah. I do I think 
you, you know, like even the person behind the counter, like I love to, I love to engage people and, yeah. and so many people have such hard lives and, or tough scenarios and just giving them a smile or a funny line or making a joke with them yep. or it's just so any, any kind of like acknowledgement of, of dignity yeah, and, and worth that they're human, yeah. that they're just not, Oh, just, just there to serve you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Huge. It's a huge thing. And I, that's, I, those are the sorts of things that I want to, I mean, that's what I try to do actively all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not all the time. I mean, I, I can be a real, <laughs> I can be a real sourpuss, you know, I can be like really pissed off at the world too. And I often am, um, main, not usually at, it's more, at just like, <laughs> it, it's, it seems like it could be so much better. It could be such a different place, you know, and it's really up to us. It's up to the people who are creating the world that we live in to design how it is, you know? And I don't think we allow ourselves to believe that we have that individually. We have that power, you know, we can go out into the world and influence other people and they're, you know, we, I think that we're meant to do that. We're meant to go out and engage with each other. And I think we are. And I think that we've gotten lost. Like we're off, we're off track and it's painful. I think a lot of us just feel lost. Like, what the fuck do I do? Where do I belong? None of, you know, and a lot of people are mad, they're angry and they don't, it's hard to connect right now. So I think it's, it might take some extra effort, but I think it can be done in really subtle ways and, and be equally impactful, you know? Like to, there, a, to a person, to a one person. You could really help them out with a very little. There's a um, guy, I think his name's John Roberts or John. I'll send you his name. Okay. But he's based in San Francisco and he is um, actually, I just heard him on a podcast. And I, he is, he talks about, um, he talks about that. And he uh-huh. talks about um, being just, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. He said so many profound things. That's still I'll check to it this out. Day. I'll send you off for it. Okay. That still resonate with me. Nice. But I think it's really important. Like, that's why I think like the traffic down on 280 doesn't bother me or like why I know San Francisco is really tough right now. Yeah. And it will not be tough eventually. I mean, it's all cyclical. It's just that it's really. It's, you think so? You think there will be a time when it's cyclical. easy to might live not, here again? Might not be in our lifetime, yeah. but it will be someday. Someday it's going to be. It's all. It all. It all is cyclical. I believe in that so much, and I also think that I really take a lot of pride in how I, I um, I deal with the world out there. Good for you. That's that's a good thing to be able to say about yourself. Yeah. I, for real. No, it doesn't sound, <laughs> don't be embarrassed. It's not, it doesn't sound uh, arrogant <laughs> to me. It totally it, it, you know, it doesn't to me. It sounds, it sounds like you actually, there's a reason you feel that way and it's legitimate and it's, and you are deserving of that feeling. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with being, you're not being prideful. You're not being, it's not undue pride. You know, you I really do love the people out there. Well, then I, you're doing I, something great. I, you know? li- I like that you should, to people. You should I... be proud of that. You don't have to, you know, yeah. I don't see it as arrogance at all. I, I think it's a really, um, like you said, it's super important. If you're, if that's, if you hold that belief, you know, going through your life, you're going to have a lot of friends and a lot of family <laughs> who's close to you and really cares for you. You know, that's a really great thing to be able to say. Yeah. And then there's a few people I'll get mad at. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to have a couple. Yeah. Oh, you're one enemy. You're one finger. <laughs> I think yeah. it might drive my family really crazy because they're always like, just don't talk. Don't, don't, just don't, don't hug. say that. Just don't really? talk. Really? Yeah. Because I talk to everybody. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. And they're like, no. <laughs> well their cringe is <laughs> is worth somebody else's joy know. you know they can know. they can handle it i've had that kid say a few times oh that wasn't so bad there you go yeah. see like, they yeah. learned in real time what what empathy can do yeah nice all, all right. right all right you feel good <laughs> i'm done right. i'm trying too much that's well, great thanks so much for coming it was oh. really fun i appreciate it
Hope I told some good stories. You did. All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. That's my friend Leslie and I talking about choppy water and the like. Uh, If you want to find me, I'm at outspokenpodcast.com. From there, you can share and like and subscribe and all that stuff. Um, It's also super helpful if you uh, give me a rating on on whatever platform you use. The more, the better. Uh, Obviously, the better the rating, the better. And also, the more ratings, the better. And also, the better, the better. But um, anyway, I appreciate all the support. And uh, yeah, again, I please, I, I entreat you, I implore you um, to give what you can, if you can, to uh, any sort of fire relief um, or anything else for that matter. There are lots of people in the world that need help. So uh, do what you can. I uh, love you all. I will see you next week with my ears. Actually, with your ears. I will see you through my mouth and your ears, and that's disgusting. Um, I'll check you later. Bye.